This time on episode 465 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we're going to discuss the 2023 Disney Plus series, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Episodes 1 and 2, Moon Girl Landing and The Burrow Bully. We're also going to delve into some weekly Marvel Studio news, including Marvel going after some spoiler leakers and some Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse updates. I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by this company called Marvel Studios. This show is recorded on Saturday, March 18th, 2023, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast L-E-S-Wide. Come join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already know about it, we like talking about Marvel. Because of the irresistible power of hot dogs. If you'd like to talk to us about street hot dog vendors, you can come to our website, legendsofshield.com. If you want to tell us where your top secret hot dog vendor hangs out, leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. Let us know your favorite hot dog condiment on our Facebook page, Legends of Shield Podcast. If you get those hot dogs with a ridiculous amount of toppings on them, you know, the ones that you can barely hold in one hand, make sure to let us see it. You can tag us on Twitter at Legends of Shield. Where is your favorite hot dog? Is it Dairy Queen? Is it Nathan's? Let us know the store outside of stadiums that you'd like to go to to get hot dogs on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geek. If you want to get into a good discussion on whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not, Head on over to guineageek.com slash discord. But remember that my culinary school textbook specifically says that hot dogs are a sandwich. And Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the guineageek.com network headquartered in Canada. And I'm not even sure if they have hot dogs in Canada. I have never even thought to ask about that. I know their bacon is already weird, though, so I can't even imagine what a hot dog would be. Yeah, I mean, we're into that processed secondary meat market. I'm not sure what that means in Canada. I mean, Canadian bacon is totally different. So I don't know what hot dog. I don't even want to think about it. Anyway, Chris, it's just you and I today. It's been a while. The last time we did this, I think it was Modoc. That seems about right. Yeah. So I, it's nice having everybody, but it's nice having these just two person episodes as well. Mix things up a little bit. Lauren and Michelle dribbles and fumbles wanted to be here today. They were just sick. And to be honest with you, I'm halfway there. So Chris is the only full fledged agent that's able to do this mission. And I'm just sitting back in the control panel, flipping switches. 
this is going to be like that episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. where only the janitor is able to go out and they have to send the janitor out to save the world. <laughs> you mean Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Okay. Because I don't remember sending the janitor out, but I could have been completely out of it at that point. You probably were. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. If you haven't watched it yet, this is your chance to pause the podcast, go to Disney+, Plus, watch the first two episodes. It is uh, 42 minutes for the first one because it's back-to-back, half-an-hour episodes. And then the second episode is 22 minutes. So it'll take you about an hour. So do that. Come back, and we'll get at it right now. Do, 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 do. Bow, bow. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Episode 1, Moon Girl Landing, premiered on Disney Plus February 10th, 2023. The IMDb description of that episode is, When brilliant, altruistic Luanella Lafayette accidentally brings a dinosaur to the Lower East Side, she finally has the brawn to match her brains and protect her community. The second episode, The Burrow Bully, premiered on Disney Plus February 11th, 2023. The IMDb description for that episode is when Lunella finds a nasty comment on her moon girl social media page, her fixation on the troll threatens to take over her life. Chris, what are some of the actors involved in this? I think possibly the most important, most well-recognized in my house person here providing their voice talents is Fred Tassior. And if you know the Frank Welker role of let me play all the animals and have a voice in everything, Fred has picked up that role and is now doing half of everything because Frank is still around. But you have heard Frank as the Hulk in a ton of things lately, Knuckles the Echidna in some of the games. Basically, any animated thing worth watching, Frank has probably had a role. And in this show, he is playing Devil Dinosaur, which shouldn't come as a surprise. You get a lot of that. You can tell there's words in his speech kind of language, but we can't understand it. It's not just let's make a bunch of animal noises. It's let's make something that you could maybe go back in and try to decipher a language in there. A little bit like Scooby-Doo or R2-D2. Rupees has real words, though. (laughs) all right yeah fred is amazing we've talked about fred before he's voiced several different marvel studio characters before and it's great to have him on board here we also had afri woodard who i believe this is her third marvel character that she's played because she had daredevil she was in the movie and now she is in this series as a voice talent so Apparently, Marvel Studios and Alfred get along just fine, and I enjoy her scenes when she's on there. I identify a lot with Alfred. She's fun to watch. Another person I just wanted to mention this time around, we'll talk about the other actors later in uh, later episodes, but Lawrence Fishburne, he is the narrator or the backstory man that you hear in the episode, and yep, and we're talking about Blue Pill, Red Pill. I believe I don't think it was a green pill. So we're talking Not about just those two. Yeah, that, we were talking about Matrix Man there, Lawrence Fishburne. And I think he's having some fun too because his excitement comes out in his narration. It's really fun when you're uh, listening to that. 
All right, Chris, what are your overall thoughts of these two episodes? The first thing that I thought was this is such a nice breath of fresh air after all of the other Marvel stuff that's come out. Yeah, it's been visually different for a lot of things. Like Loki definitely doesn't look like everything else. And obviously, Scarlet Witch was just all over the place. But this one just has something about it that is so modern, so easy to follow with everything. There's no question of what's going on. And really, you don't have to know anything about the Marvel Universe at all to get into this. Granted, that's probably because it's for little kids. But it's just so much fun. And it's being really episodic so far. So you have that going for it, too. Big boy Marvel Universe, take some notes here. (laughs) Yeah, and for my part, I'll have to say... I understand everything Chris was saying, but I've realized I'm finally too old for some MCU content. I didn't entirely mesh with this, and I am assuming this is MCU canon because it's on Disney+, Plus. so I can officially say I am finally too old for it, but I feel like as a Marvel podcaster and as a fan of the MCU, I feel like I have to watch it because there is going to be some linkages at some point, whether it's a passing reference or whatever, and I want to be able to get that as we go through. And these episodes are fast to watch. They are generally fun. I mean, the music alone, we'll talk about it later, but the music alone is pretty cool. So it's not an entire loss for me, but this is not something that I would just pick up if I was not a Marvel podcast on a, on a Marvel podcast. And I, I just, I don't think I would have, I would have watched three minutes of it and been like, nope, I'm out. So that is just where I'm coming from with this. But It does have some good messaging. It is entertaining. There are some good one-liners in it, so it's not a total loss. It's just when I'm looking at my slim margins on the time that I have to devote to entertainment, and really, I do have slim margins. When you get old, you start talking about time. How much time do I have to do the dishes? How much time do I have to do the laundry? How much time do I have to clean the house? How much time do I have to change the oil in the car? How much time do I have to go to work? How much time do I have to work out? And how much time do I have to podcast, right? And then how much time do I have to watch stuff on TV? When I was younger, I didn't give it a second thought. I would just watch stuff. But now I'm really setting the bar on what I consume and what I don't consume. This would just not make that cut. So it's just the way I feel about it. We are going to watch this. Michelle and Lauren are entirely enthusiastic about this. Chris is enthusiastic about this. I am not going to be a downer on this. It's just, I know it's not for me. So that's where I'm coming from. I just have to be upfront about that. So along those lines, Chris, I have to ask you, when's the last time you were roller skating? I honestly couldn't tell you. Probably elementary school sometime. (laughs) That seems about right. There used to be a roller skating rink close to where I am. They gutted it and it's now a dental office. But there used to be one here. So I know probably the last time I was roller skating was here. I am a hockey player. I grew up playing hockey. I do have inline skates and I have inline skated in the last few years. I haven't done it since the pandemic started for no other reason than just my attention went elsewhere. But I have done it. I can do it. And if I ever went to a roller rink, I would not wear roller skates. I would wear inline skates. 
Chris, have you ever worn inline skates? I have worn those. I know that's been more recent because middle school and high school, we would, I still had ones that fit from when I was younger. So we'd go out and play street hockey because that's what people do down here when they think they want to play hockey. Yeah. And it's just too expensive to have a rink. Yeah. Well, I mean, here in Charleston, they do have a hockey rink. Uh, Kaylee's brother grew up playing hockey. So we do have that. Charleston is a mostly Southern city. We also have, I think it's an ECHL team. It's, it's one of the minor league levels anyway. So you've got that and a bunch of Northern transplants coming down. So they bring the hockey culture with them. We used to have an ECL team, ECHL team here that actually won the championship. And I went to the championship game. That was pretty fun. A little bit disconcerting that the stadium wasn't packed, which is why the team is no longer here. But yeah, they, I have seen some EH, ECHL teams play. All right. The reason why we're talking about that is this series is centered around this family that owns this roller skating rink in the Lower East Side, or LES, as it's been shortened in the show, in Manhattan. Roll with it. And I think it's pretty fun. It's pretty jazzy. It gets the music. It gets the upbeat tempo of the area. It's a fun thing for kids to identify with. So I kind of like how they went about this. And I'm glad that we have the roller skating rink. You have the ownership stuff from the parent side of the view. And then you have the kid side of the view from Lunella and Casey there. So I like how this is all panning out there. Do you think that this is a good enough setting, Chris? I think this is a really good setting for it. I think everybody, even if you haven't been roller skating in a rink like this, it's a pretty easy concept to understand. It's just a big open floor and you go in a circle because that's what the culture says you do. But also, you know that people are going to have to have fun with it because it's so simple. They're going to have to make it their own. And Lunell and her family have made it their own with the music that they're playing with the different theme nights that they have going, even if, as we see in this first episode, some of them are kind of silly ideas to do. But, you know, they're obviously having fun with it. They're obviously loving it. They're all getting to do something that they love, even if they don't necessarily love the roller skating part. They get to make food or they get to be the DJ at the rink. And they all just get to have their own fun. My wigs are too spicy! From Alfred. That is impossible. I know. Hey, who's your favorite character so far? So far, this is going to come as a big shock to everybody. My favorite character is Devil because I never grew up and I still really like dinosaurs. How can Devil talk and read? I mean, this is a dinosaur from either another planet or another dimension or whatever, but he's conversant with Lunella. How can he do that? I should have been a better person and looked into the comic history of all of this. Um, yeah, to be too. perfectly honest with everybody, I am getting the current Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur run, and I haven't started it yet because I'm behind on reading so many things. All of that being said, it's fun. I just accept it. Yeah. Sadly, I was just thinking this morning, maybe it's time that I pull my subscriptions and stop because I am behind, woefully behind in my comic book reading. And I do have, just like you, I have the issues. I just haven't read them. So my favorite character is Casey. I just love Casey. Casey is fun. Casey is, and I don't identify with the Instagram diva at all, but 
I just like how she's interfacing with everything. She just rolls with it. She is in there to help Lunella. They have pet names for each other. Lou and was it Ka or Case or Case. something like that? Case. Yeah. So they have, it's just fun watching their interaction back and forth. So my favorite character so far is Casey because I think she's the linchpin to make this happen. Yes, you need Lunella and you need Devil in order to get this whole thing going, but Casey is what makes this series work, and I'm just enjoying watching her on the screen. Yeah, without Casey, and I'm certainly loving her character too, but without her, Lunella probably doesn't go out and be nearly as successful as she is as Moon Girl. Like She went and did it without Casey really getting behind her. But this is like Michael Jordan, you know, not doing all too much until Scottie Pippen came along. I had to really laugh because her favorite show is Love Scent, right? So she runs home to watch Love Scent, which is interrupted right at the point of the reveal with the news coverage of what's going on, right? But Love Scent, I swear that we are going to get an ABC network series in the future called Love Scent. It's going to happen. I could just see it. I could just see that. What they've done here is they floated the idea and then ABC is going to pick it up and be like, hey, let's go with it. Let's see if it actually works. I see a Love Scent series in our future. I'm surprised MTV didn't do it already. I know that's a completely different company, but that's also the kind of thing they would do once they stopped remembering that they're allowed to play music on there. <laughs> right. Right. Again, lots of great music. I like the upbeat tempo music here. It's not really heavy into any specific genre, just, you know, the light young tween sort of music that you would expect. And I don't know, I enjoyed it. It made the series tolerable to me from the beginning because it starts out with the intro scene with her skating around the Lower East Side and you hear these tunes. I should have looked up into who's actually singing. I think I did at one point, but I forgot. And yeah, I, I've enjoyed the music. What do you think about the music, Chris? Is it your style? It's not normally what I go decide to listen to on my own, but this is definitely the kind of thing that I would just play at work because I don't need to pay attention to it, but do enjoy hearing it. And I like listening to this kind of thing when I just want the noise because, and I know that's going to sound horrible, but it's not something that I'm super invested in, like trying to analyze it or anything, but I enjoy listening to it. And I could totally use this as a background for a ton of things. So, since you're a devil fan, what name do you like best? Terrifying Fire Beast who brings about the end of all things, or Devil? Which one do you like better? If I was in a fight with him, I would very much prefer to just have to yell out devil, but terrifying fire beast who brings about the end of all things is such a cooler name. Yeah, right. And it's what his name is wherever he comes. I assume it's a him because we never go into gender, but I assume devil is a him. That's how I remember always hearing him referred to as. I haven't really been paying too much attention. All right. So I could be wrong in that. And if I am, I apologize, but I'm assuming it's a he. Okay. Other than hot dogs, what are you going to feed a dinosaur in the middle of Manhattan? All right. So since we know now that dinosaurs are birds, 
And Lunella is really, really good at science, and she keeps calling Devil a lizard thing. We already get to throw everything we know out the window, because the science is just not there, which makes me think alternate dimension somehow. I would feed him... You've got to get some of that sweet little sandwiches from the halal stand that Lunella visits right at the first um, episode beginning there. You should probably make sure that he gets his vegetables and everything, but he is carnivore. So you have to make sure that you can feed him animals that eat all the vegetables. I need to talk to my people and see if New York has a deer problem. Because hmm. if so, we can have him eat a lot of deer. Good question. I don't know if Central Park, because they're not too far away from Central Park. I don't know if Central Park has deer in it or not. That's a good question. But that's what I was thinking in terms of like vegetation. There's all these trees on the side of the road, you know, that are planted in the sidewalk and stuff. So there's that. Plus there's Central Park not far away. But I have the sense that they want to stay within the LES because, I mean, if a dinosaur goes beyond the LES, even though we're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where weird stuff happens, I don't think most people would want a dinosaur just roaming around all of Manhattan. I mean, how cool would that be, though? You'd leave and you get to go see a dinosaur, and everybody's going to have to believe you because yesterday you saw Iron Man flying around, and last week you saw Kamala Khan embiggen herself to go catch an airplane that was falling out of the sky. Yet you're combating the whole Jurassic World mentality that's out there, right? So dinosaurs are bad for a lot of people. And I could see that. I mean, they're not meant to interface with society. But he's just a giant puppy. He licks. Like my cat Bodhi, who is also a puppy who licks. Yeah, this goes so wrong in so many stories, as you know. So anyway, the point is, they're tolerating him in the Lower East Side because he's doing all these good things. But he goes outside the LES, and then you have all sorts of, well, like the Ghostbusters regulation, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's just the EPA coming in and saying, no, this is not right. And if you watch the movie back, if you watch Ghostbusters back, he's not wrong, right? It's just the way the Ghostbusters is set up is Bill Murray gets the upper hand. But no, he's not wrong. The EPA guy is not wrong. Anyway. I enjoyed, from a rocket scientist standpoint, the well, I'll just call it the cassette player of holding, right? It's just this cassette player, which I know has huge transistors and capacitors and resistors on the inside in order to make it work. Being somebody that's actually taken one apart back in the day, I know that's what's in there. Kids these days don't understand that, and they think there's a whole bunch of electronics in there that can be repurposed for anything. And basically, what she turns it into is a tricorder from star trek so i'm just going to call it the cassette player of holding i have never taken one of those apart i have no idea what's in there i never took my stereo apart when i was little and i, I still had a boom box it was right in the middle of let's have normal size ones and let's have the big old shoulder blasters that you'd see people walking around with in 80s movies i have no reason to think that couldn't happen why not I'll trust you, though. You're a rocket scientist. <laughs> some days. Some days. I did enjoy how, I mean, she's got this cassette player from her family, right? So I did enjoy how they're playing off the family aspect of the whole thing. And 
okay, I that's the core we're, we're going to get is, you know, family. Everything about this show so far. Granted, I've only watched the first two episodes because that's just how I roll with the show and things that I haven't watched before. But everything so far is very big on family. Your family is there to help you out. Your family is there to support you. Even if your family doesn't really know what's going on, they're going to support you in the best way possible. Like, heck, in the first episode, you see Lunella walking off with a big ol' armload of food, and Mimi's just sitting back there, hey, what are you doing? I don't know. You have to take pie. Pie. (laughs) First off, pie is really, really good, but there's no question, hey, growing kid needs to eat. Sometimes they just want to be by themselves, but they also need to eat, so let them do it at the same time. Here, have some pie. It looked like a blueberry pie to me. What did it? What kind of pie did it look like to you? That was my guess too. Uh, okay. It definitely had that bluish purple color on it. So I love how in the second episode we get basically a dance off. We had dance off, sing off, riff off, whatever. And so, is this the better dance off than in Guardians of the Galaxy? Is this the best MCU dance off? I'm gonna have to go watch them back to back now to be sure because they're really, really close. But honestly, I did eventually get to Guardians of the Galaxy, but my first thought was Epic Rap Battles of History. Yeah. I was thinking a little bit of the Pitch Perfect Battles, too, but it's it's not the same because there's singing involved, there's dancing involved, so I, I don't know. With this, anyway. All right. The LES, the Lower East Side, it's kind of a marginalized side of Manhattan. It's in between... If you take a look at the island north to south, on the south end is the epic downtown area where you have, you know, the big high rises, whatever. A little bit to the north is where the the Bedrock Foundation kind of goes away a little bit. And then you have lower buildings, you have Central Park, whatever. In between those two places on the east side of the island, that is where the Lower East Side is. And Chris, what do you know about the Lower East Side? I know you have over there like you said it's a marginalized area of new york so you've got a lot of your minority groups you've got a lot of your ethnic communities over there and much like you would expect in a city of this size you've got an area that is just kind of basically ignored in situations like this their power goes out you know who cares because the high-rise buildings still have their power So a lot of this show, especially in this first episode, is set in the idea that they have to take care of themselves over there, which I think is kind of surprising in a lot of ways that they're getting this into a kid's show, or I'm just totally reading into things because that's where my mind is these days. I had thoughts about well i mean you can't go into the character without going into the area right even spider-man spider-man's great right because you have that hulk also broke harlem sort of thing so you have a lot of geographical interfaces with these characters iron man largely west coast dude surfer dude at least that's what they went into thor is more of an australian surfer so you have this mentality and locate geographical location bias i guess when you're talking about different characters now we've got ms marvel you've got 
Kate. I'm not sure where Hawkeye is going to be based. Uh, Hawkeye's based in, in the middle of the country, but you know, Kate, I don't know where she's going to be based. Eli, he's also based in Jersey, right? I believe so, but definitely big city. Yeah. So you have these people that are based in different locations. Maybe it was Baltimore. Maybe it was, I, I can't remember where Eli was, but you have these people that are in these locations and you get this sense of where they are with the character. And Moon Girl is definitely coming out with that sense of location based on her character. So we'll see how they flush it out. I don't know how many episodes. Are we talking 10 episode series here? It's right in there somewhere. All right. So we might have eight episodes to flush that all out. One character that I really liked. I mean, I would hang out with this character in real life. Aftershock played by Alison Brie. That was pretty cool. I mean, I date her and you know, if she needs to go out and charge every night, that's fine. But I would hope she would try to do it non-destructively, but you know, that was the big surprise for me with her character. I mean, you can go in there and buy yourself a solar-powered battery and charge yourself off of that, or you don't have to instantly become a villain, everybody. Just find a way to not destroy society as you're getting these crazy needs met that you have. They have arc reactors. I mean, she has enough power available to... anyway. Alison Brie is the sexy science teacher that I'd date and I'd let her get away with a few things. Also, even though we have definitely watched through all of community and a lot of clips of community things, Kaylee did not recognize Alison Brie as being the voice actress. Mm-hmm. I honestly had, I didn't know. So I looked it up. So that's, that's how I knew. All right. So we have some secrets here in this and. I'm scratching my head over how the secret is going to be kept very long. I mean, just the fact that Lou has this elevator to the old subway right in her closet. I mean, I would think that the family would recognize the fact that she's actually constructing this. I'm just going to let that one go. I think in my head canon, she got lucky and it was already there. I don't know. I'll take it. Maybe all she had to do was undo the floors and stuff. And it was really simple. I'm not going to worry about that part. The fact that you pull on the rope that says, do not pull. If I were her dad, that would be okay. That would be the second one I would pull. Cause I would pull the one. This is pull first. <laughs> right. Well, and then she's, based her design off of this NASA scientist that has disappeared. My guess is that that's going to get flushed out in the rest of the series at some point in time. And that what's happened is she actually constructed one of these devices and went through a portal somewhere. That's what I'm thinking, but maybe I'm thinking too much in depth on this. And it was just a quick explanatory. This is how we get devil. And then we're going to move on. No, I'm with you. I think we definitely, we're going to find out who this person is. I think it's really weird that people don't know who this NASA scientist is. Like, if nothing else, you should be able to check HR and the pay records and see who was working on a project, I would think. You would think. 
I don't know with the blip or anything. If if we're in the same universe as the blip, I'm assuming this is the same MCU universe. So I don't know if this is before or after the blip. I'm thinking it's after. So maybe people are thinking maybe she was blipped and just never came back. Maybe. But all of that pales, I think, to the biggest pair of secrets that really twist around each other. How is Lunella going to keep this secret that she's Moon Girl from her family? But also, which members of her family know that she is Moon Girl? And how long are they going to be able to keep the secret that they know she is Moon Girl? Pretty sure there's some clues out there that some family members, maybe they've all figured it out on their own because they're, they seem like they're pretty smart people, right? I mean, they do go off on, well, devil, that's the, the name alone says it's a villain. Well, not quite. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm pretty sure the grandmother, Alfrey's character, I'm pretty sure that she picked up on it right away because Lou was asking her, do you ever get on the internet? She said, oh no. And then after Lou leaves, she spins around the laptop and then starts quickly keying in with just with one hand in order to find the reviews on a restaurant just right there. And she just, you know, gets all into it right there. So yeah, I think she's more capable than she's stating. I'm thinking that the dad is probably going to be the last to find out because he just seems like a giant doofus. Everybody else, I think, is going to figure it out. I think you're right. Mimi's got it figured out already. From personal experience, I could tell you dad is the last to know. <laughs> yep. Grandpa will probably figure it out pretty soon, but he'll continue hiding it because uh, Lunella's hiding it. So he'll keep the secret. Mob will figure it out probably three weeks before she admits that she figured it out because she doesn't want to believe that her little baby is in danger. So I have also not watched beyond episode two. There is more than episode one and two out right now as we record this almost the full series, I think. So we'll be watching at least Chris and I will be watching episode by episode. I can't remember if Michelle and Lauren have seen it all or not. So if we speculate in the future, it might just be Chris and I speculating. But next week, we will be covering Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur episodes three and four. And I can't wait. You got anything left on these two episodes, the premiere and the second episode? The school mascot is the fighting squirrels. (laughs) And we're in a city. And we definitely rewound to see if that was Squirrel Girl coming out of the doorway in the shadows. And it wasn't. But it could have been. I did enjoy the fact that they took, I believe at least, it was the school flag. They took that, the flagpole, as the machine to defeat Aftershock. I did like that. Yeah, that's some good science right there. All right. Yeah, it was. It was. And they depicted it correctly on the screen, where this is how grounding works. You put, you sink something into the ground, and it dissipates the electricity, which I found out through next door with the the online site next door, that it is a thing that people are going and cutting these grounding wires, which are exposed on the side of everyone's house, by the way, that people just go and cut them. So that reminds me, after this, I get to go out to my side of my house and make sure the grounding wire is still there. It's a prank that people are doing. It's not a prank if people don't think it's funny. It's not a prank if it costs hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, because if lightning strikes and it fries all your stuff, it's going to be expensive to replace not only your appliances, but in some cases, your wiring, too. 
So you got to get into the walls and do it. It's, it, I agree. It's more than a prank, but people are calling it a prank. I'm like, no, it's not a prank. Anyway, we're going to be talking moon girl and devil dinosaur episodes three and four. Hopefully we'll have Michelle and Lauren back with us next week. Chris, you ready to talk about some news? I'm really excited for some of this. We should go share it. All right. We have two main threads that we are talking about. I can't even say two main stories. We have two main threads that we're talking about. The first one is about Marvel going after some spoilers, some leakers of scripts, and what Reddit's response was. There's a total of three stories that I'm going to talk about, and then Chris and I are going to talk about what the ramifications are. So the first one was that Marvel demands Reddit expose Redditors behind Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania script leak. Marvel Studios is reportedly pressuring Reddit to reveal the identities of those behind the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania leaks. Per Gizmodo, Marvel's finance affiliate MVL Film Finance submitted a DMCA, that's Digital Millennia Copyright Act, subpoena application in the United States District for the Northern District of California that demands Reddit identify the individuals behind the dialogue transcript, which leaked in January. The application was filed on Friday, March 10th, and outlines specific requests for all information corresponding to the user MSS mods, along with any user involved in posting any copyrighted content between January 15th and February 15th, 2023. There was another news story that was titled Reddit's Biggest Marvel Spoilers Subreddit Shuts Down Amid Legal Battle. R slash Marvel Studio Spoilers, one of the biggest subreddits dedicated to Marvel on Reddit, has officially shut down amid an ongoing legal battle with Marvel Studios. Reddit's R slash Marvel Studios Spoilers was officially set to private on March 13th, though a final post was made by the subreddit's shared slash u slash mss mods account before the community officially closed quote this subreddit was created by someone because they hated going to the marvel studios subreddit this might be the end they wanted to know about the stuff that was coming up leaks spoilers etc but they had such a strong policy that you couldn't talk about anything without being removed banned or messaged unquote And the final story that we're going to talk about in this thread is Marvel working to find Quantumania leaker. Marvel closes in on the source of a major Reddit leak, revealing the script of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania before its release as the studio pursues legal action. Per The Hollywood Reporter, Marvel will seek litigation against the person or group responsible for the leak, which included dialogue and key plot points from Quantumania to the r slash Marvel Studios spoiler subreddit. That litigation may consist of a referral to prosecutors for criminal copyright infringement and other charges. This comes shortly after Marvel demanded Reddit reveal the culprit. Now, in full disclosure, I would love to have Anthony on here from Capes on the Couch because I would love to get his legal opinion on all this. but. Since a DMCA was issued, 
there has to be some legal basis for Marvel to go ahead and do this. And Reddit's response is interesting, Chris. Reddit, for those who are unfamiliar with it, is built on the idea that you don't have to have any kind of identified information with your user account. Like, you don't even have to have an email to sign up. You can just go in there and say, hey, this is my username, this is my password, the end. So the fact that people don't have to know who you are is a large part of the Reddit culture. Now, there are certainly groups within Reddit where they want you to verify who you are. And the fact that their Marvel is asking Reddit to say, hey, tell us who this person is who created an account and shared it on a place where you don't have to be telling people who you are. It has kind of gotten parts of Reddit riled up because that is going against everything that Reddit is about. Now, legal stuff, that's a whole different deal. Like if this gets into criminal copyright infringement, then yeah, do what you got to do. But if this isn't criminal, and I don't think there's a good chance that this is not criminal. But if it isn't for some reason, I mean, I'm sorry, your script got leaked. Deal with it. Your movie still did what it did. And it's not like it was going to change people's opinions. A good script is going to be a good script, whether you go to see it or not. And it, I implore you, if it's a good movie, you're going to go see it, right? So that was kind of confusing what I just said. But basically, the point that I'm trying to make is that if it's a good movie, you're going to go see it regardless of whether you know the plot points or not. Yeah, there's some surprise. It's like, oh, I didn't see that coming sort of thing, right? But if it's a good movie, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it. And to be honest with you, in recent years, I have not gone into a movie that I haven't had spoilers first. And a large part of that is because of the way that we've been handling movies here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they've been out a few weeks before I go see them. So I've already seen stories about major plot points and that sort of stuff. And that has actually helped me in some cases with my expectations going in, and it's made the experience even better for me knowing what it is. Now, I have no idea what the statistics are behind you know, plot points being known and people going to the movie and, you know, money being made or not. I'm sure that Disney has some of that out there, but I don't think it would have changed the last few movies. I don't think it would have changed the box office for Ant-Man. I don't think it would have changed the box office for Thor. I don't think it would have changed the box office for Black Widow. I, I just, I don't think leaking a script would have changed anything for any of those movies. I think there's just other things around. And if I was Marvel, I'd be concentrating on making the story better before I would concentrate on who leaked this script. Or at least concentrate on who at Marvel leaked the scripts and worry about your end of things and not about where it's being shared to. Because ultimately, the problem is that somebody who had access to the script leaked it out to the public. And I mean, yeah, Reddit provided a platform where that could be shared, but without Reddit, it would have been shared somewhere else anyway. 
If you read more into these stories, you hear some or you read some of the protection that Marvel actually has gone to, where the script goes out, it's posted on a website for people to download and read, like actors and, and production crew that's involved. And apparently, one of the things that they did is what they would do is they would send you an encrypted email telling you where to go to meet somebody to get the password so that you could log in and read the script with the other person around. So they have gone through extensive means to protect their scripts in the past. I didn't realize that it was at that level, but apparently it is where they are very, very particular about who gets access to a script when. And also you need to provide your crews and your performers enough time to get ready to do whatever it is that they need to do, whether it's a performance, whether it's how they're going to shoot a certain scene or whatever. Yeah, that's limited to a few people like the director and the producers to say, okay, this is how we're going to do it. These are how we're going to build the sets and stuff like that. But still, you're talking, I mean, this is something that's brought forward all the time. The thousands of people that are involved in the production of, of a movie. Yes, largely you're talking CGI. But there still are hundreds of people involved in the production on a movie set. And these people, a lot of times, need to know what's going on with the script. I mean, you sign an NDA, you figure out what your limitations are. Like, you, do you need the whole script or you just you need, you know, the part that you're dealing with? I've never been involved in production. I wish Michelle was here. She has been. So she might be able to give a little bit more insight there. But yeah. This is probably too much dirty laundry that Marvel didn't want out there. And it's being out. I'm wondering what the response is going to be in the weeks to come on this, because this seems like it's a little bit overzealous. And like I said, they need to concentrate on the right things. And you can't forget, too, though, that these are movies based on Marvel comics, which people have access to and are able to read. Somebody is going to guess what happened. So even if you don't have access to the script, even if you are just pulling things basically out of thin air based on your knowledge of the comics, it is entirely possible that somebody goes and makes a this is what I think is going to happen kind of video and gets things entirely right. It's funny that you mentioned that. I am guest co-hosting over on Strange New World Fancast, and we're covering Picard Season 3. What I've been doing in the last couple of episodes is I've been producing a little previously on segment. Chris, you would enjoy this. I know you haven't seen Picard, so you haven't seen any or listened to any of the episodes, but I do a previously on, and I specifically put it to the stuff that we got right, that we predicted or talked about in previous episodes. So what are you, are you saying that's illegal for me to speculate and to be a fan on somebody and then to post that on a podcast? Marvel, are you seriously saying that? It could be the same here. We could start doing the previously ons here for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. for future things that come out and say, yeah, we called it. We were right. And I just am a little miffed at Marvel for this, being a podcaster for so long. I am over on Reddit. I am in the Marvel Studios subreddit. I don't get a chance to play in there all that much, but. I have been in there and I enjoy the talk when I'm in there. I don't want to have, you know, big brother over my shoulder saying, Oh, SP, I don't know if you should post this. Oh no. Marvel's going to come at you with lawyers. If you post this, 
Really? It's a fan site. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit too worked up. Sorry. I think we're all getting a little bit too worked up over this one. Just Marvel, figure out where the leak happens. Close the leak on your side. You know, I blame Kevin. K-E-V-I-N. I blame him. Or it. Whatever it is, there was some data duplication there uh, sent out over an unencrypted connection to a very untrustworthy backup service. All right. That's what we'll go with. Anyway, Chris, what's the second news story thread that we're following this week? The second and arguably most important thing, because this is me, is all about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Chris Miller is saying that Spider-Verse is the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy, which makes me very excited because Empire, I think, is the best of the original Star Wars trilogy. According to writer-producer Christopher Miller, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse behaves for the planned superhero trilogy the same way Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back, did for its franchise. Speaking with Empire Magazine about the upcoming Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel, Miller said people who've seen Across have told us that it feels like The Empire Strikes Back of the Spider-Verse franchise, adding, it shows you worlds you haven't seen, and it's an emotional story that ends in a place where you need to see the third one. So yeah, this is our empire. We also really have a look at how across the Spider-Verse changes that anyone can wear the mask mantra. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse will alter the anyone can wear the mask mantra from its predecessor, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. According to franchise star and Gwen Stacy slash Ghost Spider or Spider-Gwen actor Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld talked about this while speaking to Empire during which she was asked, where Gwen was at the start of the movie. Gwen's at a point in her life where she realizes that she can write her own stories, Steinfeld said. If the first film was about Miles Morales learning that anyone can wear the mask, this one is about how you wear the mask. So Gwen is finding out who she is at her core. I've loved watching Gwen take ownership over who she is and what she's capable of. This is really fun coming from Haley because, of course, she's also Kate. (laughs) She's Hawkeye in live action. So I think it would be difficult, although not impossible, to have Haley play both roles live action. I mean, we are talking multiverse, so there's possibility. The same actor could do both. Wigs exist. People can change hair colors. We can do it. Anyway, this just gets me excited about it again. And and I think that's what the purpose was for these two articles, just get to people thinking about Across the Spider-Verse again. And hey, this is what it's going to be. I particularly did not like The Empire Strikes Back as much as all the other Star Wars stuff, like the uh, New Hope and Return of the Jedi, but I know The Empire Strikes Back is beloved for everyone. I get it. So uh, if they want to equate it to that, to say, this is what it's going to be to generate hype, I'm fine with it. Okay. But again, this, in my opinion, is a lot of hype generation at this point, because I'm not sure. I mean, is it coming out soon? believe it is next year at this point i'm honestly there there's so many things between here and when that comes out so why are we even talking about this now i don't know i think it's just to say hey look guys we're sody we have this property over here that's really cool watch the original so again so that you know you can get all hyped up for our stuff in the future which is fine. It, Into the Spider-Verse was great. I can't wait for this across the Spider-Verse. So yeah, I'm good. 
Plus, it's about Gwen, so um, I'm already hooked. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. All right, that's it for our news this week. We're just going to roll with it and skate on out of here today. I want to thank everybody for coming on by today. It has been a blast. Thanks for sticking with Chris and I through our conversation of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. We're looking forward to the rest of the series as it happens. If you're looking for other comic book related stuff on the Gonna Geek Network, of course, you have Chris and his Play Comics podcast, which he'll probably talk about in a second. But there's more. There's smoking and drinking in capes. They just covered Shazam this past week, but prior to that, they covered Ant-Man, both Ant-Man. I don't think all three. I think the original Ant-Man and the latest episode that came out. So you can catch that over there. And also over on Capes on the Couch, they did deep character dives and continued to do deep character dives over there. So Capes on the Couch, Smoking and Drinking in Capes, and Play Comics, all on the GunnaGeek.com network. Yes, everybody who stays and listens to us all the time. We love that you do that. I personally would also love if you come over to play comics where for the next episode, we're flipping things on their head and looking at comics based on a video game with the Mortal Kombat comics that came out in the 90s. And after that, I have no idea because I just haven't thought that far ahead. But we will, I'm calling it out now, we will eventually have a Steven Jonder appearance on play comics he needs to know that though so make sure you tell him that he's going to be on the show and the next time i talk to him i will uh, remind him and yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that and hearing that we've had a great time i've had a great time guest hosting on strange new world fan cast we're halfway through the final season this is if you're a star trek fan you've been watching the next generation since 1987 it's been fun with this because we are literally closing it off this is a coda at the end of a of a very successful franchise yes there were seven seasons of the next generation there were two follow-on series in voyager and deep space nine there were several movies but this is it this is their coda this is their undiscovered country version from the original series So I am excited to see these last five hours of television and see what the Paramount Trek lore brings to us. So you can catch that at strangenewworldsfancast.podbean.com. All right. Until next time, I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Chris. And we will see you next time, hopefully with the ladies. Bye. Bye. Do a devil dinosaur imitation. Do it, do it, do it. Well, my heart <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net.
The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. All right, I know I'm forgetting something, but whatevs. We'll figure it out when we get there. (laughs) We'll figure it out when we get to the frontier. Ding! What's that? The frontier. (laughs) You ever watched The Last Starfighter? Have you ever? No, I haven't. Yeah, that's from The Last Starfighter. So they're going out to basically this neutral zone, right, of the frontier. So they go out to the edge of the frontier, and they're like, this one battle fighter, basically, is going to go against this whole fleet. So they're going out to the frontier and like okay well what are we gonna do i don't know well we'll figure it out when we get there okay well that's good ding what's that the frontier (laughs) it's like okay so now what are we gonna do legends of shield is copyright 2013 through 2023